Live another day. Mirrors can't talk. Luckily for you, they can't laugh either. A lot of story there, a lot of lore uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing. I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 23, the podcast that doesn't keep secrets from you. Each episode, we'll check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft, one or two topics at a time. All right, my name is Jin. I'm the one with all of the wrath, but I call it rage. Uh, <laughs> and I'm bo- joined by the one whose kindness and support gives us all the strength. It's Allie. Aww. Yes. <laughs> Hello. How's it going, Allie? How you been? Yeah. Oh, 9.1. Yeah, not just 9.1. So it's freaking it's freaking raid day. <laughs> it is. We're actually jumping into, to my knowledge, we're jumping into raid tomorrow. So I am super excited about it. But yeah, I've been enjoying 9.1, which is great because work has been kicking my butt. So it's been nice to have time in 9.1 to explore all the new content. And even though, you know, Corsi is a little small, I like that once you get through all the intro stuff, it's only, you know, three-ish quests a day. Yeah. And that's it. Like, so for someone who struggles with time, be it because of podcasting or family or life, whatever it may be, it's okay. And I don't feel punished if I miss a day because it's just three. Like, it's it's no big deal. And there's still that sense of exploration, even though it's small, because there's new rares and events and all that just constantly popping up new treasure chest to find and i'm having a lot of fun with that and just overall enjoying it and we're back into lore speculation territory which i love so <laughs> it's, it's all it's all good stuff i'm i'm so happy with it yeah the uh the community is a buzz with all of the what is gonna happen next <laughs> right my one my one and only well my main complaint of 9.1 and this is just as it's a me problem, really, because I tend to be a hoarder with stuff in my bags from expansions and expansions of questing <laughs> and whatnot. So my, my bank is pretty full and my bag's pretty full. <laughs> and we have so many little you know, anima items and archivist items and turn this quest in for this and my bags get full on a constant basis and yes some of it I can go and sell because they're great and it's fine some I have to go all the way back to the archives to turn them in or we're getting more anima now which is great but that means I have to go dump it off my covenant it's just my bags (laughs) (laughs) they be full (laughs) and it's a little rough but again that's a me problem that is definitely a you problem because um (laughs) I'll just say, so you know how it seems to me that like one of the exciting times for an expansion is, ooh, new bags, like 32. What are we up to now? What is it? What, what, what's the biggest bag you think you can buy? Because here's the thing. I don't even know. I only remember <laughs> the last time I upgraded my bags because I'm not a hoarder. <laughs> okay. I think, are we up to 34 now? 
It's something along 32, those lines. 32, 34. I have, I'm a tailor, so I always make the new bags for myself, but it's still just between all the little things. I'm like, I might need this for raid or hey, I might need to give someone this to raid or hey, I'm a shadow priest and a holy priest or, you know, just so many little things. And it just, yeah, I have an issue apparently. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. Well, I mean, you're. You sound at least to be better than some of the hoarders that I've I've heard that are like, oh, but this and I need this and I, I gotta keep it all. It's like, Bruh. no, maybe I don't. I don't, I don't have that problem. My, my, my bank is a different story. See, my bank is. I, I need to take the time to <laughs> eventually just just dust it out, or because there's a bunch of stuff. It's it's not full or anything, but there's just a bunch of random crap in there. But yeah, that's that's not my problem. So nine one, it's been treating you well, huh? You've been enjoying it. Uh, I'm, I'm really even just taking the time to listen to Carthy music and just go explore and have fun. I'm I'm enjoying it. I already got at least unless it's changed because apparently it just got nerfed as a hot fix. But I already got my best in slot trinket from Corthia stuff and I can upgrade it along the way and stuff. But I was like, oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> I'm going to have to make sure it's still my best in slot trinket considering that it got nerfed a little bit. But that was a that was a nice to get a little upgrade from that and get ready for raid. And I like that you can get the drops for the conduit upgrades mm-hmm. off of rares and chests and stuff instead of, instead of having to grind out Stygia yeah. to upgrade. That's 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 helpful. But yeah, all in all, I'm I'm happy with it. And I could ramble on for a little bit with how I am happy with it. How is 9.1 treating you? I am actually been playing every single day. So uh, I would say go so far as to say that I'm uh, it's treating me very well because you know how you mentioned yeah. it's like, hey, there's you only have to do the three quests. It's like this little little it's a, it just like dangles it. It's like, hello, you just, <laughs> just dangles. You, you get 15 minutes. Hmm? Come on. Stop by Corthia. Come on. It's, it could be OK. Yeah. You know, an hour and a half later, as you're still running around <laughs> going, like, Ooh, look at this shiny. Ooh, look at the shinies. <laughs> You know, well, and that's what I'm, it is. I'm still right? very much in the only... early exploration phase, and I'm just enjoying right. it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah. it's a lot of fun because you're running around, just like you mentioned, like a little star pops up on your map. You're like, oh, let me get there fast. <laughs> Stuff like that. I yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm. I don't think that it's going to be one of those like super long haul, like I'm going to want to play this forever and ever kind of thing. But you know. I had fun in Mechagon for a long time, so it's probably going to be like that for me. Yeah, and because there is so many small events here and there, and, you know, go soothe the horse six times and you get a mount, and things like that, that will keep me doing it for a while, just on a collection, do them all kind of basis. And I think for me, because those requests only take so long, I'm like, I have all this free time. What am I going to do? I'm going to go explore Corthia more or do the assault, which I'm finding to be a lot of fun. And yeah, um, well, but you're right. I can see how long term it might it might get a little a little old after a bit. I was going to say you're having fun with but, the assaults because we just did the Venthyr one with Tobins. <laughs> well, that and I lent me some theater and <laughs> I got to go do a bombing run, which I always like. Oh man, the, that yeah, the, the Tobins or whatever quest. I was like, this is the funniest <laughs> crap ever. You want some tea? That was that was pretty great. <laughs> right there in the middle of a battle, you just run around. It was a spot of tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my god, dude, it's so funny. 
Uh, it was great. And, and what was, I think the best is you could actually see the uh, the NBCs that already had a t- had tea. Like you'd see those the really big dredgers holding just like a little teacup in their hand. Right. <laughs> uh, it was fantastic. So, yeah, I like that. Uh, I definitely like that assault quest. It was fantastic. <laughs> Well, and that was great. And then for the night face, I mean, I'm night face, so I might be a little biased, but there was a part where you had the little carrier cradle thingamabobby because you had to go collect the lost druid souls in yeah. the river of souls. And it was fun because if you collected a whole bunch at a time, the little cradle thing can only carry three at a time. So you collect your, you know, you, you, you tell it's like, take three back to Lord Hoon or whatever the dude's name. And then it comes back to you just automatically just like, hey, what's up? I'm back. And then the little souls you have just like automatically just hop right up in there and it goes away again. And for some reason, I was really amused by that. Maybe because it was like a little frog and a little alpaca and a little corgi. I don't know. I just super amused by that. (laughs) Well, more than anyone else. But I love no, 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 not anybody else. I saw a couple people that were like, oh, my God. (laughs) Especially when I found uh, it was really cute. And then when I found the because I haven't seen an alpaca one. I was like, llama face. And I got all excited. And I was like, no, it's Warcraft. It's probably an alpaca. But still, I got I got excited. Yeah. And and I got a hippo soul shape. Yeah. Yeah. I saw which you, that. you saw when we ran Torghast. Yeah. And well, I love it. Yeah, we ran Torghast and she was running around as a hippo. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I love my hippo. It's I was, great. I was a little jealous. <laughs> I was like, look at that. She turned into a hippo. It's pretty sweet. I, was, I didn't turn into a hippo. It's pretty cool. You could. I mean, just just no. come, come to Night Fae. No. You know gonna, you want to. My warrior my warrior is never going Night Fae. That's my hunter. <laughs> hunter. Yeah, I can't fae. I can't see. Well, see if you actually finished the covenant story, Jen. Hmm? I don't I don't what, hmm? what's that? What? I don't I don't hmm? know how to yeah. that's hmm. a thing. Yeah. No, there's quirky <laughs> things to do and I have to do them. And I don't know what <laughs> I'm getting out of them, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes it is. I run around and I pick up rocks and then I go turn in the rocks to the weird attendant dude and he's like, thanks for the rocks. You have more rocks to spend on these things. And I'm like, sweet. And I get a better ring out of it. So there you go. That's that's what's nice. Oh, yeah. It is. It is, yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty much been my 9-1 so far since mm, we are literally recording this on the first day where like season two opens. So I haven't had a chance to play okay. any of it. So uh, Right. Yeah, first week though, good. I, yeah, I like it's good. It. Well, you got anything else to talk about before we talk about this fine beverage that I uh, I chose for this here episode? No, let's uh, let's move on. Yeah, yeah, let's do that because we are drinking. What is this thing called? This is the Deschutes Brewing? I literally had to like look this up as the intro was playing. It was really funny because I noticed I was like, wait, what is this thing called? <laughs> it's the Deschutes Brewing Company Royal Fresh Imperial IPA. That's kind of a mouthful. Okay. Yes. It's royal and fresh. It is. So if you've ever had their <laughs> fresh squeezed IPA, this is the royal version. So there you go. That's what this is. Yeah, because this one comes in a whopping 9% alcohol by volume. So It does indeed. Mm. So that's what makes it royal. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I'll give you that. And also the little crown on the box is, like, is a royal. <laughs> That's all it takes. Just throw yep. a little crown on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very good too. I mean, what, what you, is this a is this a good choice or, or, or? Yeah, I'm actually really enjoying it. I mean, admittedly, 
I had one of those days where it was a rough day. So when you finally have a beer after work, it just, it just really, it's just really good. And that's, I think the best description is it's just really good. But no, honestly, it's got a good flavor to it. And 9% is great. 9% and is. And I'm, I'm liking it. Yeah, 9% is, uh, it's it's in the, as the archer would say, the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> which is why I thought about two, which is why I'm only doing one. Mm, yes, yeah, I did too. So if I get a little funny, that's why. <laughs> bring it. Just, just bring it all. Yeah, but we'll be fine. We'll be fine. I got, I got a lot of talking to do because this is a fun topic. Speaking of topics, yes, want to jump in? Because it's super fun. Yes, please. I'm excited. Yeah, let's do this. Yes. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you, what you, what you talking about? All right. So, as of this recording, Patch 9.1, as we have so eloquently put, is officially live. And it has been live for one week. So, you can pretty much guess what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> we're talking 9.1, <laughs> everybody. Uh, like we haven't been already talking about 9.1 for several weeks now. But, hey. We got uh we got we got more to talk about because we know all the details now. <laughs> so anyway, so this this episode it's gonna be released two weeks after you know all this is done, you know, first week of season two and all that. So hey, if you like I like if we give a spoiler warning, let's just like put this down for five minutes, go run through the quest, and then come on back. So no 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 real strong spoiler warning. We're mostly just gonna be yeah. discussing what everyone has already been hearing, but. If you haven't had a chance to run through it, because I understand this first intro quest does take about two-ish to two. If you go it slow, I'd probably about almost three hours, but yeah. So if you haven't finished, go ahead and finish that first and then and then come on back because we're going to spoil it all for you if you don't. <laughs> all of it. Just Ab- all, of it. all of it. Not not a thing, <laughs> not spoiled. You're going to be like, they just read the quest text. That was rude of them. <laughs> All right, we're obviously not going to do that. But we will be going all over the cinematic that everyone was talking about until the last cinematic was released. But we're not talking about that one today. We're going to talk about the first one. (laughs) Which dropped literally, what, an hour, half an hour before recording? Mm -hmm. Something like that? Yeah, so don't worry. We're not talking about that one today because I still need to process. (laughs) Right. That might be the next episode. Maybe. We'll see because I need context. (laughs) <laughs> true yeah all right so let's go ahead and jump right into this first little bit which is obviously going to be the battle of arden wield okay so let's let's kind of set this up right all right first thing that happens when the whole patch kicks off we it's basically the blizzcon line cinematic ah, freaking. and when savage Khan gets the sigil blah 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 we already went through that we already did an entire episode on that and it was fun it was a good episode yeah <laughs> all right but the story continues with the meeting of the remaining Eternal Ones, right? Uh, and then there are a couple stand-ins for the Primus and Denathrius. So now we actually have Draka and Renathal kind of like hanging out, talking. It was I kind of thought that this... They they did this cinematic or little cutscene pretty well because I thought it was pretty funny because they, they used Draka and um, Renathal as kind of like the, as like as like us. Because they didn't, they're not eternal ones, so they don't really know. So the other one's going like, "What's that? What? what, what? <laughs> yeah, Draco was asking some questions that if it was me, I'd be asking those questions too. So it was, it was good. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny, and I also liked the 
the camera pan out of showing uh, the jailer's old platform where it's like, that's where he used right. to stand. And then he got kicked out. <laughs> All crumbled now and there's cracks. And yeah, it was very sad. Yeah. Yeah, very sad. No one's cleaned it up in a long time. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so like we said, it was the meeting mostly consisted of Renathal and Draka asking silly questions while the Winter Queen and the Archon explained that the jailer used to be one of them. And he's got a pillar and everything. All right. And they also revealed that the jailer wanted the sigils for some currently unknown plan because they didn't get into it. Like, I, I didn't just like miss that. Right. They were like, yeah, he's like, they were going to use the thing for bad stuff. And then we kicked him out. <laughs> I think that's how yeah. that went. It's just basically the eternal ones knew why he wants the sigils. And they were like, hey, guys, he wants the sigils. And so Brock and Renthal are like, okay. <laughs> they're like, they're not going to tell us, are they? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The way they were acting kind of reminded me of like, I think a, I think a great example would have been like Alex Straza, Ysera, like all the different aspects and things like that. Um, why they didn't tell anyone about Galacron because they didn't want anyone to pull another Gal- Galacron. <laughs> it's like, right. Like, yeah, that's the, the master of all the, he's like the father of the dragons. He's not a big evil dragon that ate other dragons. No, don't eat other dragons. Yeah, or you'll no. Turn yeah, don't. No. Yeah. It did. It did seem like Renathal had at least a little bit of an idea. Yeah, he at least was like a little bit. He was like Denathrius probably gave him his sigil. Yeah. There's yeah, no probably duh, about yeah, it. Duh. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like my Renathal voice. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It is. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, the last little meeting, it definitely ended with everyone saying, uh, Ardenwield's next on the chopping block, right? Because they don't know the premises. They already got Denathrius. Ardenwield seems like the next best choice for literally anybody. All right, so all the forces, they converge on Ardenwield to protect the Winter Queen and her sigil from getting into the Jailer's hands. Too bad she picked the most obvious hiding place of them all. Seriously? What is she, so she chose in case you missed it. She chose to put it like right just smack dab in, in the middle, you know, the the heart just forest and just right just right there, you know, like no, no one's going to think to note look there. No, it's totally safe there, right? Yeah. Right. I like what the winter queen oh, said. Lord. I placed it in the heart of the forest so no one will ever find it. It's like she, really? Oh, that's the first place I'd look. <laughs> But I guess she didn't think that far ahead or didn't think anyone would make it that far in is probably what she was thinking. But I guess whatever. It it definitely didn't feel like a hiding place. It's just I'm going to put this here because we're going to protect the heart of the forest because it's important. That's kind of how I at least take it. If we're going to give her the benefit of the doubt. So benefit of the doubt. (laughs) Okay, so we'll see. Things seem to be going. I'm going to say, okay. It felt like it was it, it was going okay. I'm not going to say it was great. I mean, there was felt a little sad that they're like, okay, we're going to set up a bunch of decoys and then you know, one gets stabbed in bed with an arrow. Hmm, that's sad. <laughs> and Sylvanas is like, yeah, oh, this is how you're going to play it, huh? All right. <laughs> so anyway, so Moonberry was, she's all like, uh, I got a bad feeling. Something really big and bad is coming. <laughs> and, and I was like, is that it? That's really big. That is really big, but that's not it. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my girl Moonberry, she knows what's up. Yeah. Well, anyway, 
So, all right. And here it is. We're, we're going to go ahead and get into the cutscene. Uh, and we're going to be spending pretty much a good time going over it. All right. So the cutscene opens with Sylvanas summoning what looks like to be a terror guru or I don't know what it like Terry crew is <laughs> something like I that. I think tell, uh, Tally called it the terror, terror two. two. I yeah. think that's what he was calling it. <laughs> <laughs> the terror two. Yeah. Uh, it's like, uh, <laughs> Mr. T jr. That's what I want to call him. <laughs> I'm going to call him, uh, ESPN eight, the Ocho. <laughs> Okay, that, that's good. I like it. We'll call him the Ocho. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Savannah's totally summoned Terguru or his friend or something. Or, you know, the Ocho. All right. But <laughs> <laughs> what she obviously didn't expect to summon was uh, Taronda. And Taronda totally one-shot uh, Mr. You know, Ocho. <laughs> ESPN 8. All right, yep. so here we go. This is this is basically what happened, and we're going to talk about it. Okay? Yeah. Saranda, I understand you've been looking for me. Come then, show me Elune's wrath. Elune gave me her strength. The wrath is mine alone. Yeah, I freaking love that part. <laughs> I think that was actually my favorite quote of the entire cutscene. Hence the joke in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what, what have you thought so far as we're going through this cutscene? You know, this little scene where Tarana shows up and Sylvanas is like, oh, hi. <laughs> the first off, once again, the voice acting phenomenal, like Patty Matson, mm, just so like you just hear like the emotions in her voice when she's like just sighs, she's like Taronda, and it, mm. and then the music, ah, it was just, it was so good, but yeah, the it, it's definitely interesting to hear this very much a loon filled, wrath filled Taronda, and her tone of voice and how it's changed from you know the early days of Taronda, and it's yeah. It's yeah. good. What do you think? I don't know. In, in a in a sort of way, Taronda feels like going back to the the Warcraft three Taronda, where because she was very angry in that, and she didn't take no crap yeah. from nobody. Because Malfurion was like, "No, we can't release my brother," and she's like, "Shut up, Malfurion! I'll do what I want." <laughs> so I feel like yeah. this is kind of how she has been in the past, and then she kind of got. Eh, you know, then there was that, like, I would say there, there was like the, as I'm going through it, I now, I can bring it up as a reference. Um, remember that uh, scenario in, um, in Mists of Pandaria where Taronda and Varian were like, they kind of had like a, maybe like a little bit of a role reversal because Varian was like, no, we got to have patience. And Taronda's like, just murder them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, she got tempered a little bit after, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, strategy and all that with uh, with Varian and learning about patience from Chigi and all that kind of good stuff. And, uh, yeah, now she's really, really pissed. So she went back to old Taronda and that's I, I kind of like to see old Taronda back. Except it's like times 100 because it's so just yeah. not only is she she's got all the extra power, the borrowed power, if you will. But then <laughs> she also has 
you know, all the, the wrath and the anger and stuff she got to, on power. top of that. So mix it all in with like the Trond of old. And it's just massive. Yeah. Massive all right. wrath. It's freaking amazing. So anyway, here we go. This is when it's going get, to get, get really good, folks. So the two of them, they get into a battle that I assume Duel of Fate should have been playing in the background because, I mean, right? Am I right? A little, yeah. little Qui-Gon freaking, you know, Darth Maul. <laughs> yes. Right? That's what it felt like to me. All right. Just like that. <laughs> and as we can, uh, as you're watching the kind of the fight unfold, obviously, Taronda is, she's got all the wrath, so she's very much the aggressor here. She is on the attack. I'll put it that way. And Sylvanas is just, she seems to be very much on the defensive. Not not that, she, not that she is struggling too much, but she's definitely on the defensive. But anyway, Taronda gives her a, a, a real good, good smack, smackdown. Uh, didn't really, doesn't seem to hurt her that bad, though, uh, because they, so she, it doesn't, it, she gets smacks her across several yards away. Looks pretty cool. I like the way it looked. Um, it does, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And then Sylvanas pulls one of her little smug quotes here. So let's let's have a super quick listen. Hey, here we go. Night warrior. I expected more. I will take your head, Banshee! Just like I took his. Thanos, you didn't know. Your master is keeping secrets from you. All right, obviously we're going to stop right there. But before we jump into the actual conversation, I just I just had to do this. And mm, so you ever had a friend and you introduced him to another friend? And for some reason, the first friend started talking like the other friend that you introduced him to. And you're like, oh, they started picking up their, you know, mannerisms and they're and they're kind of like almost like copying their personality a little bit just to, to do that. I feel like Nathanos was doing that to Sylvanas, or maybe Sylvanas got that a little bit from Nathanos, because, here, listen to this. It's pretty funny. Night warrior. Night warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I didn't even pick up on that. Here, one more here, guys. Yeah. Night warrior. Night warrior. I wow, was like, good it's, call. It's almost identical to the way they said it. It Just, really is. Just put a little yeah. more stank in it because it's Delphanos. <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's definitely that, mm, yeah. Yeah, now you gotta wonder, who started the little, like, night? Whoa, I feel like that was Nathanos. I think Sylvanas was copying him. <laughs> See, I think it's the other way around. I think Sylvanas started it. And Nathanos yeah. is like, oh, my lady's saying it this way. I'm gonna say it that way, too. Yeah, I could absolutely see it because, I mean, she's the little, like, <laughs> like one of my favorite Sylvanas lines is, How rude, sister. Right, right. <laughs> Where it's like, I should have killed you when I had the chance. How rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's freaking, freaking phenomenal. But anyway, let's get, let's get to the important part here. All right. We got to talk about why her master is keeping secrets from her. So do you have any speculation, any idea as to why Sylvanas was not told, oh, by the way, your boyfriend's dead. Um, well, you know, he's 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 around back. You can go say hi. He's around back. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> I, you, I had to think about this one for a bit 
when I watch the cinematic because there's a very clear reason I'm sure the jailer hasn't told her. And I'm guessing that it would, or he thinks it would be a distraction from what they're doing or from what he needs her to do. Because I'm sure that if she knew Nathanos is in the Maw, like she'd want to go, because that that wasn't part of the plan, I don't think. I don't think she was planning on him dying anytime soon. So she obviously went to go to the Maw and go find him. And instead... It's just better to keep her on track to stay on target. (laughs) (laughs) Stay on target. Stay on target. (laughs) (laughs) Negative, negative. Didn't go in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Of course, nerds, when they start talking, this is what happens. (laughs) All right. But no, I actually totally agree with you. I think the, I think the probably the, the most obvious Reasoning would be, you got to keep your head in the game there, Sylvanas, right? We don't need the distractions. You can't, you can't be doing that. No, no, no distractions. We, we're, we're at the final hour here. You know, we've been setting this up for millennia. No distractions. All right. So that's most likely what would have been kind of the, the reasoning there. However, I'm not entirely sure if that is actually the reason. <laughs> so... Like, I feel like that's the most obvious reason, if you, if you know what I mean. So let me see. I think the um, next we've got we got we got a couple ones. So that's that was so the first one. It's need your head in the game. Right. Next one. We've got the possible one is the jailer doesn't give two shits about Sabanis other than what she can accomplish for him. So an- handing over to Thanos wouldn't actually help further his goals. That was one of my thoughts as well, because, I mean, if we look at how he handled Denathrius, like I've just been saying, Sylvanas is just a tool. So of course he's not going to give a damn about her and her emotions. Yeah. I mean, you can imagine if like Ramornia was sent to the Shadowlands and, you know, you know, in Denathrius. Do you think he would have sent Ramornia if it wasn't just an inanimate sword, but like his girlfriend? Because, you know, it's currently the same thing for Denathrius. And that's we, we understand. <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he would have sent Neromornia back to uh, Denathrius either, you know? That's right. Like, yeah, they would have just been like, no, you said the ma there, Remornia. Bonk. You got a horny jail. <laughs> <laughs> basically, yes. <laughs> that's basically, I listened to those those the freaking lines there. Please, master! It's been so long since I cut into living flesh. Especially if you listen to her and the sounds she makes when she does mutilate. Yes, yes, I'll hack them to pieces. Yeah, she gets a little gets a little excited about that. Mm, very excited. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> here is my my third option that I was able to come up with. Um, the jailer actually wants Sylvanas to suffer, right? So if you if you go back to the what is it? Uh, Sister is another word for always. Right. Right. How he was actually like punishing the shard of Sylvanas. I feel like this may actually be just another lesson that he's trying to teach her in a, in a in some sort of way. It's like, oh no, those all those people that we attach ourselves to, they'll ultimately betray you. You can't trust them. That is what, and it's like, what do you mean I can't be trust them? You're the one who kept them away from me. It's a lesson. Shut up. Like, don't think too hard about it. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's that one. I don't. It, that one's a little little weirder. But at the same time, I don't know how what kind of lessons you're going to get from, you know, smashing a you know a sliver of a soul. But hmm, he did that too. So. Yeah, and if you think about it, considering the cinematic we saw today, I f- I would imagine that the jailer still remembers that meeting that happened with Farisa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was definitely getting those vibes. Yeah. And I think it definitely makes sense that that could be one of the things, too, is just yet another lesson. And yeah, I hadn't considered that one, but that makes sense. Yeah. And and that's that's the thing that I I was kind of thinking, like, I don't really I can't really get myself into the headspace of a senior psychopath. But um, it seems to me like those are the best three options I could come up with. The first one, honestly, is probably the most, I would say, plausible. Like, that's probably the one that, you know, well, let's just say, if he was confronted, that's probably what he would have said. What his actual intentions were may have been closer to the third, where it's like, no, you're going to suffer, but I'm not going to tell you that. (laughs) Obviously. No. All right. All right. So, I think we've uh, settled that. You know, obviously the jailer is keeping secrets for whatever I just like that they're, like, I just like that Toronto completely threw him under the bus. It's like, what, your, your master didn't tell you this? Like, <laughs> haha, I told on you. They just, she just totally threw him under the bus. And I was like, oh my. And I said a bad word. I'm not going to repeat here. You try to keep it cleaner. But I was like, oh, you go, girl. <laughs> you do that thing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, when the the look on Tyrande's face when it's like you didn't know, <laughs> she like almost took pleasure in ruining that for Sylvanas. Um, I think that wasn't almost. an almost. I think she did. That was a, yeah, that was a pure yeah. no, she did. moment of. I think that was the first joy that she has actually experienced since this whole ordeal of the Night Warrior yeah, began. Yeah. She, it was like a, just a little like, oh. That's what happiness feels like. (laughs) (laughs) I remember this. (laughs) (laughs) Little little schadenfreude will help anybody. Yeah, she likes that. (laughs) There you go. All right. So little important thing to point out, since, you know, this is an audio medium only, just as a little reminder, Savannah's when she, you know, she did this thing. Night warrior. Night warrior. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that uh, oh, I love it. <laughs> she did those little chain things on uh, on Tyrande, and Tyrande was like, "Oh, that pff, that doesn't work on me." Yeah, just shrugged him off like it ain't a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, did the fancy chains? That's you know, same thing that she did to Bolvar, and Bolvar was like, ah, "I can't stand up anymore." Ah, <laughs> so that's what happened to him. But she just shrugged it off like it was nothing. So Elune, it's like Elune beats Jailer, right? If it's uh, rock, paper, scissors, friggin' Elune is uh, rock and Jailer is um, scissors, I suppose. It and, does feel that way. Although it would be weird if anyone was paper, though. That just sounds weird. So, yeah. So Elune is rock, Jailer is scissors. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm trying to think now who would be paper, but that's just distracting. That is just Alfurian? <laughs> yeah, Malfurion is paper. Because <laughs> I understand that paper can. I'm sorry. The whole like paper covering rock thing always bothered me because sure it could just gently like cover the top of the rock, but if you turn it upside down, the rock is going to shred that paper to bits. So that never made sense to me growing up. But whatever. 
Never made sense to me growing up either, either. So don't worry. It's, it's fine. <laughs> paper cup is rack. And the rack's like, oh no, I'm defeated. It's, it's paper, whatever what I do. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so during the fight, after she told Savannah that the jailer was hiding things, a little burp, burp, right, was sounded calling for a retreat. They're like, ah, they're broken through. Savannah does her little, like, mustache twirly. <laughs> she just flies away. <laughs> <laughs> so let's listen to them. <laughs> Trick. No. It is time. Okay. I'm laughing because I read my notes here. I totally forgot. So now I know it's not obvious since we don't have subtitles in an audio medium, but when Taranda says Unqua Melanoma, that's what I was laughing at. I just read the Melanoma part two. That was, yeah. I listened to it like three or four times. I don't know what she said. It's melanoma. (laughs) Uh, That is. Yeah. So it's a very, very powerful word there because it means my life for hers. That's what she actually said. But unqua melanoma. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to figure it out, but that's the best I could come up with. It's like, you know, it's like when you're doing the bad lip readings. (laughs) love bad lip readings. They're so great. <laughs> Some about seagulls and things like that. You know, Yoda's. <laughs> oh, I love that one. <laughs> oh, man. Those is, I love those little songs they do. All right. So anyway, so as we probably kind of heard there, uh, Taronda goes full Super Saiyan and she's just like, wow, <laughs> like Rocket Man or something. And she knocks Sylvanas out the air. Uh, as the badass night song plays in the background where it's like, you know, like when you're questioning Hydro, like the great, one of the greatest songs I've ever right. released. Oh, it's freaking amazing. I love it. Now, here is where we're going to start a little bit of debate, a little deep dive. But, but before we really go there, we got to listen to the final clip. Well, not the final final, but the most important part, in my opinion, which is this one. So here we go. The night's power wanes. Once again, she denies you victory. Mother Moon, do not forsake me. End this. Okay. Now, why on earth would a loon give Tyrande the power of the night warrior to seemingly avenge the death of those that died at Teldrassil, but take the victory away at the finish line? I'm going to let you answer. You got, you got anything there, Allie? Well, there's some that would say that Alun took, let's try that again, Taronda took the power of Alun. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not so much, like, kind, of, kind of almost forcefully. I mean, I don't know how much you could actually force Alun if you really think about it, but yeah. Anyways, it's now this one I've gone back and forth on because on one hand, when you actually finish the Night Fae campaign... 
you learn that I have to give you crap. I'm sorry. Um, you learn that the 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 toll that the night warrior ability has on the body that your body just cannot handle that much alone for that long, and the night warrior ability just wrecks you and to the point of death. Which is why in the Night Fae Covenant, they're trying to find the other Night Fae's in order, let's try that again, all the other Night Warriors, so that maybe they can share Taronda's Night Warrior powers and kind of make it so it's not so overwhelming to her. Kind of like in the end of Guardians of the Galaxy, when he's got the infinity, the, the stone, right? And yeah, they all like lock the, hands. The purple power stone. It's like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's like that. Like that way it's not on her and that way they're sharing it and maybe she can actually survive this. And oh, so my first God. thought was maybe her oh. body just gave up on like cannot handle anymore and just is near death. Um I really want to dance off now before we face the jailer. <laughs> can you imagine that? That would be amazing. What are you doing? Dance off, bro. Me and you. Well, clearly, I mean, once we get to the point where we do fight the jailer, that's just while, while he's doing his RP. I'm sure it's going to be lots of RP. You could just just dance. That's fine. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> Might be a one sided dance off, but that's fine. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> but anyways, so that was that was my first thought. My second thought, and this one I had to dive a bit for. What confuses me a little bit is the fact that. Alun and all of her power and, and glory and everything, instead of saving Teldrassil and the night elves within, she just let them go sleepy sleep so they can pass peacefully. And then fast forward to now where Taronda has a chance to end one of the jailer's tools, being, you know, Savannah's. And Alun was like, nope, I'm taking my power back a little bit. Like, is Alun... It, it makes me wonder, is Alun either in cahoots with the Jailer or whatever the Jailer's final plan is, maybe she supports it? Or maybe she has her own plan and is playing like 10D chess and to her, the Jailer is just a tool. So she needs to let the Jailer finish his story and plans and stuff. So then she could step in and be like, nope, everything is for me now. Mm. I don't. So that is actually very close to the theory that I came up with. It, it's very similar, but I I gave Alun much more of, I guess, a benefit of the doubt where she stepped aside and allowed some pretty heinous acts to happen. But for, I would say, it, very... Spock slash Vulcany, the greater good, if you know what I mean. Right, right. Yep, yep. So that's where I feel like Elun was kind of going with this particular play. I, I, I'll, I'll put it. So first off, based on one of the episodes that we did all around Elun, we already kind of talked about her quite a bit. And also the Winter Queen, we know that the two are connected and that Elun is likely a member of a Pantheon of Life, right? Okay. So... Now, I'm very partial to my guy, the Primus, but it, it is possible that Elune knew that the Jailer uh, and po- they knew she knew about the Jailer. Uh, that's, that's almost guaranteed. So, you know, if there's a connection between the Winter Queen 
even going way back before the stuff, she was aware of the jailer and some of that stuff going on. But maybe she even knows some of the schemes and all that kind of stuff that was going on. So yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's quite. Do possible. you actually think that that is even possible? Like, I think so. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think it's for my for my personal opinion, I, I, which is I would say if Blizzard writes it, I mean, we'll, we'll totally buy it. <laughs> which is. President Loon was totally in on they were not in on it, but she was aware of what the plans were. The Primus knew about it. Elune knew about it. So they were working to do something about it. Okay. Now, like we said, if we grant that we grant that, that is a possibility, I believe Elune may be working on a possible long game here where she may believe that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Like I already kind of said with the old Spockian kind of thing. The Vulcan kind of philosophy. So so what the heck do I mean by this? So step one, we go back to Ysera dying. Okay. Oh, my heart. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go back there. <laughs> don't make me go back there. And Ysera was brought back to, um, you know, brought to, basically ushered to Ardenweald by Elune herself. It wasn't some, it, it felt very like, Elune was like, I don't care if you belong anywhere else about the Arbiter, you're going there almost. That's what it almost felt like. Right. Right. Um, and we had the cutscene, and then we had the cutscene, literally this expansion reminding us of that same cutscene, like, like this is important, right? Let me just tear out your heart again. Yeah, so I actually feel <laughs> that she did that to protect Taronda. Now, now that's that's just a little theory. Okay, that's that's the thing. Okay, okay, it could be. So the next clue is that Ilun did intervene with the burning of Teldrassil. As we already know, she put the innocent victims to sleep so they wouldn't feel any pain as they died. Okay. Now, let's play through this. Elune could have theoretically prevented this from happening, right? If she has the power to put them all to sleep, she probably had the power to do something a little bit more, right? I mean, if you if you want to get into, like, some moral ethics and philosophy here, you know, if you're the, if you're the kind of person you see something happening and you don't intervene and you know you have the ability to intervene, we're going to look at you pretty poorly. We're going to think... Right, because... Yeah, I was just going to say, we remember the the final season of uh, Seinfeld, or the final right. episode. yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> right, they were just videotaping the mugger. They could have said something. They could have maybe done even a little bit. The law there is a little wonky. I'm not going to get into it, but I'll just say, we look down on those that don't help when they could have. Right? Right. So that's kind of what I'm, what I'm kind of thinking about. Now, I don't have any evidence that, that you know, th- I don't have any evidence of a loon intervening in such a large scale, but putting all of the night elves to sleep that were burning, that's probably one of the biggest interventions we've seen a loon do. Maybe she could have just been like, you're safe. I'm going to put you on, on dark shore. You've, you've been teleported. Oh my gosh. Yeah, your world tree burned, but you're alive. Well, that or, you know, a loon is represented by the moon, as we've seen a number of times. Moon, tides, water, like just could have just made the water rise like super, super high or something and like douse the whole, whole tree and everyone in it. Like mm-hmm. just, just the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, and like I even wrote here in the notes, if she had the power to put all the night of the sleep, it's rational to think that she could have had the power to put the flames out. Yeah. See, seems yeah. to me that that is a not a far off thing. OK, so let's, let's see. So that means in a way she kind of let it happen. She 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 was just like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna let it happen. 
Why? Why would the deity that the night elves worshipped for so long step aside and watch her children burn? Why, oh why, would she have done that? Do you have any thoughts before I keep going with my crazy thoughts? <laughs> Nothing concrete or set in stone, just kind of rambling, processing as I think kind of thoughts where I feel like maybe she has some greater plan. Maybe she wants to help break the closed loop system. Mm-hmm. And maybe she doesn't realize that the jailer is just wanting to take all the power for himself. All right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are you, are you ready for this? This is where my... Bring it. This is where, I, this. This is where my thoughts went. So the next thing that happened in this logical little thing that went along the lines was... Tyrande basically did the Night Warrior uh, ritual. She was pissed and she demanded it. It was not a, hey, Mother Moon, uh, can I get $6? Uh, I'm a, me and my friends are going to go out of the corner. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was a, um, oh, by the way, Mom, I took the $6 out of your purse. I don't give a crap what you say. I'm going. <laughs> it, just, it was, yeah. it, it was, I'm the Night Warrior now. I don't care what you think. Uh, do it. <laughs> That's basically how that whole yeah, thing went basically. down. So, why did uh, Elune actually grant that? Because if we remember the quest line, Maiev was actually running around going, oh crap, she's actually going to do it. She's going to get herself killed. Because in their own memory, no one else has actually succeeded. No night elf survived the ritual, if I, if I remember right. Which kind of, as you mentioned, the with the, the night fae, yeah, there's been whole sorts of other night night warriors, but uh, uh, they all they, they all they all died <laughs> because yeah, they're they're in Ardenwheel for a reason. Yeah, or at least this particular one is. Yeah, uh, they're in Ardenwheel for a reason, and then that other one that's in in um, you know, that other place, Revendreth. <laughs> <laughs> that other place, we'll find that out in in a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just say there's one in Revendreth, and she's really cool. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> All right. Surprise, that was a spoiler. <laughs> Whatever. It's not that big of a spoiler because I didn't tell you who it was. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> He's like, I'll give you that one. <laughs> it's a minor spoiler. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Here is actually what I, why I think the Elun said, okay, fine. You could have those $6 and you can go with your friends and you can uh, go have a good time. Okay. She wanted the Night Warrior to rescue the souls from the Maw. I think that was the primary purpose of giving her the power of the Night Warrior was, yes, you have a role to play in this. You know, my chosen one. You are Taronda, the one that I chose over 10,000 years ago to be my high priestess. I will grant you the power to be the Night Warrior because I know what's going on right now. and Everyone is going to the Maw right now even the night elves that I just allowed to die. So I'm going to let you go rescue them. And which she did. I've, I've, I've seen that uh, whole night fake campaign. They, they were like, Hey, we're an art wheel now. They're all running around and they're all happy. <laughs> so I love seeing them there. It makes me so happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Elune, obviously she had a plan for her children, but it wasn't having them sit in the maw. So is this starting to make a little, a little bit of sense so far? Yeah, I think there could be something to that. I hadn't considered the fact that Elune might actually be aware of Machine of Death breaking. 
I saw but at the same time, I don't see why she would. I mean, the they they didn't know about it, but they found out eventually. Yeah, I, I guess it. I guess Alun could potentially know that the machine of death broke. Yeah, as someone who is intrinsically tied to the machine of death, someone who should have been like in constant contact. I mean, obviously, there's some stuff there that we'll find out more between the Alun and the Winter Queen, but. Someone who was so closely tied to the cycle, I feel like should have been, or at least could have been aware that something, yeah, something broke. Okay. I can see that. Okay, so that is where I think happened there. Okay, so that's that's my thought. Now, Taronda, she's a night warrior. She saves most, if not all, of the souls of the night elves from Torghast. Now, why was she not prevented to, but not permitted? To kill Savannah. Why? Oh, why? Was it okay? You get this cool little moment. You killed, you know, Tear Two or whatever. Freaking the Ocho. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you had this amazing battle, but you were not permitted to rip her head from her body because no, sorry, folks. Toronto wasn't trying to choke her out. She was going to rip her head off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this was absolutely. I don't care what, what anybody says when they're like, oh, she's undead. Why are you choking her? Because uh, she was, you ever remember those little uh, those little funny videos back in the day? Squish your head. Squish. <laughs> she's yes. going to do that. Just far more dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, squish her neck to the point of it breaking. Yeah. That's, that's what was about to happen. Okay. So here we go. Do you, do you have any uh, thoughts as to why? It was, a, it, was a, it was a no, 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 no. But before I, I jump into the model no, theory. Go, go for it, because I, I like your thoughts here. Go go for it. Okay, so obviously this is the hardest part of the question to answer here, but I think it's because Elune's plan ultimately requires Sylvanas to succeed. Okay. Yeah. Because I have a very strong suspicion that part of the rationale is that if Tyrande kills Sylvanas now, Anduin will be lost forever. And... Based on how much they've been building up Anduin's storyline and all that kind of thing. And Anduin isn't even necessarily like the main key. Now, I'm not going to give anything away, but I'm just going to say, I feel like the cinematic that was released with the end of the raid kind of says I'm a little right with this theory. Where Sylvanas is required to deal with what's coming next. She is an integral part of the plan. And I think that... I can see that, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I very much think that so uh, Elune knew about this, and she's like, and and I, and I can't say that it's really good. I just think that this is probably what Blizzard is writing. <laughs> I feel like she probably knew that Sylvanas was going to have to play a part to for this plan to work. You know, I, I felt like this is almost like a what you know, like. Infinity War Endgame thing where, you know, Doctor Strange was like, how many just things did you look at? Oh, like 40 million. Ba -da -ba -da. How many did we win? One. And Elune's right. like, I don't like it, but this is the one. So, yeah, I, I, I think this is the, the game that she's playing is she's like, OK, Taronda, I know you really want to end this, but not yet. Right. right? Just right. give me give me a minute. I think that's really what's going on with that. So if if Anduin is also very important, which I, I think that we obviously know that he is very important considering he has um, 
you know, a little bit of that plot armor from the comic. <laughs> right. right. So, how will Savannah play a role in rescuing Anduin? Hmm? I mean, I'm sure she has some kind of role because after all those side glances, after she realized what's the jailer's really doing and how it's impacting Anduin and stuff, I don't know what she's going to do. Yeah. But I definitely think she's going to have a role in whatever that is. What I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm exactly what you said. You know, they, they had all these different cutscenes and everything like that. They they focused uh, like a big part of, of what they focused on was like, like, why else would they have, you know, debate club with freaking Anduin and Sylvanas if it, they weren't really trying to show the the big differences here in the problems uh, in this cutscene, like like when Anduin pointed out the absolute most obvious thing on the planet, which was look around you, <laughs> look, right. look who you allied yourself with, you crazy lady. So um, that is uh, that's that's I think where where they're probably going there is Sylvanas. They keep and you know it was probably the most. Um, Seemed to me like this was very much a they were doing all this foreshadowing for, for a very specific reason. Obviously going to play a big role coming coming in the, uh, in my opinion, the 9-2, possibly the 9-3 if we do get a 9-3. Fingers crossed we get a 9-3. Right. <laughs> um, I, I think I think Sylvanas is going to play, play uh, a big plant, a big part of that that role there. Um, now, well, let's see. Okay, let's see here. So, oh, and just to add this back in. And on top of that, Taronda letting Sylvanas know that Nathanos is in the Shadowlands, but her master is keeping secrets from her grows that seed of doubt that's already in her. Because remember, we already we already saw so many moments of that seed of doubt where, you know, Taryn Gregory and his team is, you know, where it's like Sylvanas going like, I don't like that. I don't like that either. I don't like that either. Right? There's a yeah. whole lot of those moments. And then when you got to hear... Nathanos, right? <laughs> right? I hey, well, let's listen to this one again. This is really good. Let's just play this one out. This is good. I expected more. I will take your head, Banshee, just like I took his. Nathanos. Can you hear that? Your master is keeping secrets from you. Yeah, she's um, she's got a lot of reasons to question her loyalties right now. <laughs> well, and even just the way she says Nathanos, like you can hear while, while she's, you know, she tries to come off as, you know, hard and for the plan. And she tries to come off like this. Night warrior. Night wolves. <laughs> right. Just like that. <laughs> but in that moment when she says Nathanos, like you can hear so many emotions in that one word from hurt to defeat to maybe a little bit of a loss of hope and maybe even losing a bit of herself. She's lost so much in her life. And so now the thought that she may have lost Nathanos and may or may not be able to find him somewhere in the mall. Like, just, you. it's a very full word when she says it. Mm-hmm. So, there we go. That's, that, that is basically my rationale 
And my theory as to why Alun said, hold up there, girl. It's going to be okay. All right. We're going to we're, we're gonna pump the brakes a little bit. We're going to let it go. All right. And then this is what's going to happen because here's the final bit of the cutscene. Bask in the dying embers of your goddess's bargain, Tyrande. Nothing lasts. Tyrande. Can you hear me? All right. So I just got to say, I kind of like you, Sarah's new voice actor better. <laughs> I so, do like her. Yeah. I mean, still, still my good girl, Sarah, but yeah, her voice actor is good. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Very good. So if you so remember when I started this all off, basically saying that, Hey, remember that Ysera died and that Alun played a little role. And then Ysera showed up right there at the end of the cutscene. Yeah, I think that she did that on purpose. I think that was all part of the plan because, hey, this is a fantasy game. That's what this does. This isn't. There's, there's no coincidences in this crap. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. No, I think she did that on purpose. So, like I said, she protects Tyrande after Elune took much of the power of the Night Warrior from her because it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, we can't rip her head off just yet. <laughs> we, can't, we can't hold on there. All right. So... Final thoughts before we move on from this cutscene. Yes. I like how Savannah talked about the burning embers. Yeah. Like the burning embers of Teldrassil. The burning embers of your goddess's bargain. Right. And the way she said it was almost, almost, there's a hint of almost sympathy, almost sadness in there. And it makes me wonder is Savannah is worried that her own deal with the jailer might be coming to an end. She has seen what the jailer does when he's done with his tools. He doesn't save them anymore. And considering that he didn't care enough to actually be like, hey, your man over there, he's in the mock, go get him. No, no. And, and he hasn't, you know, maybe been communicating everything and Savannah's may be realizing you may not need me much anymore. And maybe my own deal with my own master <laughs> is entering burning ember territory. All right. Man, I, I, I love the, the whole, the whole little end there, especially where, I don't know. Sylvanas at that little end bit where she said, you know, what bask in the burning embers of your goddess's bargain or whatever like that. I just thought that that was like her little like, like, hey, good fight. You totally would have beat me, but I'm out of here. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. It just felt. Yeah. And, and yeah, it does feel like she she knows that the kind of the jig is up, uh, like almost where. But then again, we've been we've kind of seen a, from these cutscenes that the writing is a little bit on the wall for, for a long time now. So. That's that's kind of where where I, I left it. Oh, and then um, before we actually jump into like what actually happens next, uh, the last the last little bit of the cutscene doesn't actually happen in the cutscene. Uh, Ysera, you know, which used to be known as Ysera the Dreaming, puts Taranda asleep right, to protect her, to keep her safe, yeah. from going like super nuclear meltdown kind of thing. <laughs> 
Right. So yeah, there you go. She So she puts her to sleep. And that is where Taronda is going to wait until possibly August 3rd. Because <laughs> I did, did a little bit of rough math. Uh, because I was looking at the uh, the renowned chapters and the power of night is, uh, I don't remember the exact renown, but it's in the 50s. It's like 56 or something like that. So if we are really only getting two renown a week, it's going to be August 3rd when we will be finding out what's going to be happening to Tyrande. Tyrande. <laughs> <laughs> so till then, let's wrap up the let's wrap up the first week of the questing because that was just the intro. <laughs> it was an epic yeah. intro. <laughs> okay. So here we go. So the next important little story point is uh, the fact that we work with Venaria to find Corthia. Right. So that was like one of the big things. Uh, like remind me if I, I this this last bit. I this is a little bit more uh, slapdash. I'll put it a little, little faster notes. I believe the way it worked was someone in Orbos was like, "Hey, found a new waystone down there. Check it out." <laughs> so you went to go talk to Venari, and Venari's like, "Yeah." My sources say yes. <laughs> so let's go look. <laughs> so, and also, the, yeah, and Venari was like, yeah, there's a bunch of big chains that went like, pew, 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 off into the wherever, and they drug a landmass over here. So that was impressive. That's Corthia. <laughs> All right. Yes. So that is, uh, that's what happened. So, uh, so we, we find Corthia. Neat. Uh, and then we, we, we find the new waystone. And uh, also, they... How did he put it? He inspects our anima? Something like that? <laughs> Man, there is a couple times during this que- the, these quests, these intro quests, where our anima basically gets groped, is what it feels like. <laughs> it's like, hey, let me just let me just inspect your anima. I'm just going <laughs> to touch it and get out. all up in there. Some good looking anima. Touchy, touchy. And, <laughs> oh, it happened a couple times. I'm like, this is... All right, we're, just, we're, we're getting really real intimate over here. If you were inspecting my anima, yeah, it was, it was really weird. So anyway, so they inspected <laughs> the anima and they're like, "Whoa, you're really cool. I'm gonna power your anima up." Uh, that was apparently that's how you could start mounting in the maw. <laughs> they powered your anima up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't know what that means. Allie's made a face. So I'm just gonna say that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> well, your your anime gets groped, and now you can mount. That's, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> that's where my brain went. I I don't know. Um, phrasing. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's where your brain went. All right, cool. I'm glad I played that sounder. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So, yeah, we found Corthia. Right. We can mount now. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The final chapter uh, we got to do in week one is we're going (laughs) to. We're going to go poke the eye of the jailer. Um, phrasing. (laughs) Interesting choice of words here. (laughs) All right. So, the. This quest started when we were following some golden feathers that Venari noticed while we were setting up some little scanner dealies. Like, like let's put this right here. 
Just like that. Pretty sure that's how that went. And Venari's like, it's a pretty good signal, but I'm getting some interference. Go find another spot. They're like, boop. And she's like, it's pretty good. You can do better. <laughs> so eventually, we stick it in there. <laughs> stick it in. Hey, phrasing! Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then Venari's like, hey, there's some golden feathers over there. You should totally follow those golden feathers. Well, they were golden feathers because they came from one of Odin's Valkyr that had been captured by Helia. Yeah. So I don't remember which one it was, but she was very, she was very like into the whole Odin thing. She was, she was, she drank the Kool-Aid. I'll put it that way. She was, she was super yes. on Team Odin. She's like, eh, Odin's the best. <laughs> now, if you didn't catch this, I'm going to go ahead and put this in here. So um, this is one of those like, I'm going to say semi-important, but not like the most important lore thing in the world. Um, but it is fun. It's one of those like, oh, neat. Um, Helia was using the essence of Odin's Valkyr to raise the slain members of the nine Valkyr that, Sylv- that Sylvanas got, basically, that joined on her side in the Edge of Night. Mm-hmm. It's true. And uh, as a matter of fact, the crap. I'm going to, what was her name? I'm going to say it. It was that one that did the thing at the time. Oh, there it is. It's Anne Hilda. Uh, Anne Anne Hilda. Right. Yeah. So the actual quote is, uh, Anne Hilda will soon rejoin her sisters. And Anne Hilda is actually the first one that took their, that took Sylvanas' place in the mall, basically. So, that's that was your your big clue that oh these were the nine that were you know hanging out with Sylvanas. So that's what Helia was up there. Or that's what she was up to. And when she gave you the note like oh may this be ash in Odin's throat when he reads it. You know that little quote when yeah right that little thing. Mhm. So that's what was going on there. So we take our little note that uh, that Helia gave us and you know it's supposed to be ash in Odin's throat. And we give it to Odin, and I think it was a little ashy. A little ashy, because uh, he was like, she did what? <laughs> he, got, he got pretty tilted. He was he was upset. <laughs> I, was like, I actually liked that whole little, the tiny little bit of interaction with Odin there. It was really funny. It's like, she dares. <laughs> And I'm like, it was, it was good. I was like, yeah. Hey, I know I'm a warrior and I used to hang out with you, bud, but, uh, as someone who knows your history, maybe you should take it down a notch. <laughs> this is kind of on you, dude. <laughs> you kind of did this. So, uh, take it down, <laughs> take it down a notch. Just be like, right. makes sense. <laughs> you yeah. know, if I did that to someone and then she did that to me, I'd have been like, makes sense. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> like, like pretty much just about anything that she did to me, I'd have been like, you know, what was it like the Captain Jack? <laughs> pretty sure I deserve that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or what was it? I'm not sure I deserve that one. Pretty sure I deserve that one. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's our that's our Odin. But anyway, <laughs> so. Uh, let's see here. 
So this quest, it's a little little weird considering that we knew uh, what uh, it was getting into when he traded the eyeball because that's the whole thing is he's like, what? They're using my eye for bad stuff. <laughs> you gave it away. It's not yours anymore. Like it's not it's not your, it's not up to your decision what they do with your eyeball because you gave it away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he got really mad. He got really mad and he's like, go poke that eyeball out. <laughs> so we did. Well, I mean, we tried, but it got away. And that's why it's a boss in Sanctum of Domination. Surprise! It basically just eated out. It's it's fine. We we killed all the mini eyes with you know the beams of life from the mirror and stuff, and I just like floop, just it, it flew away. out. Yeah. Yeah. And then I watched a stream of uh I think it was Limit uh defeating that uh particular boss on Heroic. Didn't look too bad. Painsmith though, that one looks <laughs> That one looks nuts. <laughs> Oof, that's what I'm gonna say. That one looks. That one looks fun. I'm looking forward to get to the paintsmith. That one looks. Like, that looks fun. It does. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Any any fight where it's like like uh, I'm sending a wave of like crazy things at you, but there's like a little corridor where you can survive. I always like this. I, I like those mechanics. Those are always fun. There's lots of that. That's because you have a heroic leap. Well, yeah, and melee I can attack on the move, so that's that's another thing. Right, mm-hmm. right. I like those mechanics. Those are fun. <laughs> Fair enough. But anyway, um, let's see. Uh, I'm I'm happy that the Isle Jailer is gone, though, because I could run around in the Maw for as long as I want now, because, yeah, the Isle Jailer was a neat mechanic for about nine minutes, and then I was sick of it, <laughs> because it was like... <laughs> Come back tomorrow. And I was like, but I don't want to come back tomorrow. This place sucks. <laughs> I can't even mount. Yeah, I, it's it's hard because I, I was very much spoiled as a worgen because I could still, you know, do my my worgen mounting, if you will. And it was nice. And I, I kind of liked the eye in that I didn't feel like I had to spend all my gaming time grinding away the city and whatnot because I couldn't. So I kind of like the eye in that regard, but there were a few times when I really just wanted to get everything done and then went to get in all the stygia I needed for the next conduit upgrade and I needed a little more time and said that I was at five and I was about to die. So there were times it was annoying. Yeah, it was super annoying. Uh, and what did you call it? What was it? The Worgen what now? <laughs> I called it the Worgen Mountain. That's what she said. <laughs> I was trying really hard to keep a straight face when I was talking about that. <laughs> I like, couldn't even like I wasn't even looking up at because okay, like, the video, Morgan, the Morgan thing. I, I don't know. Yeah, like, I was trying stuff. to not look at him and his reaction just so I can try to keep myself composed mm-hmm. and professional. Yeah, it's, very, it's a very professional operation we have over here. I don't know if you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, so we poked out the eyeball. We got our anima supercharged so we can now mount. And we now don't have the eye of the jailer to deal with in the maw. Sweet. So no one's looking at us while we're mounting. Awesome. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Professional. (laughs) So professional. (laughs) All right. So last little bit that we're going to jump into. This little little last, last little thing here. All right. So this wasn't one of the actual, like, you know, campaign dealies. But it's very important for Corthia because, I mean, why else would you be in Corthia 
if you weren't collecting the fun, you know, relic bit, which is, it's the attendance. I don't even know what the name of the place is. It's the attendance, right? It's the dudes, the Corthian. You turn in your relics there. It's those guys. So we got to help them out. Apparently, one of the fate scribes was is, is a dreadlord. But really, it was a dread queen. It was a dread queen. Yeah, it was. Because this is important. It's important for, for number one, two reasons. Number, reason number one, dreadlords are the best. <laughs> <laughs> I love dreadlords, so that's reason number one. And right. reason number two, this is actually the very first time we have ever seen a female dreadlord in the wild. And we know that the Dreadlord that sent to the realm of life used the she pronouns. So there you go. That might be the one. But, well, I don't know. There might be multiple, but this is the one. I'm just like, yeah. Hey, you remember Preface? Where it was like, where it was the life right. realm and all that kind of stuff. And that she had found her mark, basically. So she had her in. Yes. So uh, pay attention to uh, the Dread Queens, everybody. Yeah. They're the important ones, and I am super, super looking forward to what we will be finding out very soon. Because, hey, remember when I told you about the power of night? I think the week before that is called the Unseen Guests. And if you don't remember the Unseen Guests, also known as the... Remember, we found Tower, or I'm sorry, Tower. Preface in the Tower of Unseen Guests. We did. We did, yes. It's very confusing. I said the same things. I was looking at me like, like, we found a tower? And she's like, we found a tower? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) That was a very funny look. She's like, what? (laughs) Yeah, 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 that happened. We found a book at a tower, and the tower was known as the Spire of the Unseen Guest, I believe. And that means dreadlords. means dreadlords. Unseen Guest equals dreadlords. And we know this because of the freaking comic with um, Satan Dathrahan. And I think there was Balnazar that uh, there wasn't. It, wasn't it Balnazar that uh, corrupted him? It was Balnazar. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, Balnazar was like, we are the word I don't remember, <laughs> or in your tongue means the unseen guest. I don't remember what he said. It was one of those weird words. Well, there we go. That's it. So week one, chains of domination. Woo! Yay! Are we liking it so far? I mean, I like it. Love it. I love it. There's, I, I have little questions here and there that I don't think will ever be answered. Like how Corthia has trees that are kind of nice as opposed to what we've seen in the Maw. Oh, I can and answer that one. one area. I can answer that one yes. because it wasn't originally part of the Maw. They drug it in. True. Yeah, true, it, was, true. it was off in the in-between. It was the City of Secrets. It was so cool. Yeah. Even the attendants were like, you should have seen it in its prime. Shit was awesome. <laughs> I hope we do. We get some kind of like vision of or something. Cause that would be really interesting to see. Like there's this one area I wrote it down. The estuary of awakening. It's that kind of basically dry riverbed area. Mm-hmm. And I, exactly I say dry riverbed about. area because there is a ton of fish bones in it. Like mm-hmm. ginormous fish bones and fish heads and everything. And I just was not expecting that. And so I was just really intrigued by that for some reason. Yeah. And, I have a I have a strong feeling that when the jailer did his little like pow and got the chains and he drug it in, I think he just got a chunk of it. I don't think he got the whole thing. That was just like probably yeah, because it seems like you know if you compare it to say like Bastion, we say like Bastion, 
Bastion looks kind of mm, on the same kind of kind of vein of like you got the cool trees, you got the little the little grommets or whatever like those little things are called. Uh, right. They're so cute. A little similar vein there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is much smaller than than Bastion, so it feels like it just ripped a chunk. And it because obviously it's because. You know, there's like the one side and then there's like the other side that you got to take the, the flying mount to get over to there. Right. That's the that feels like where it's like, obviously, you didn't get the whole thing because there's a little bit of a separation between the two. <laughs> a little bit of like it kind of reminds me of Outland where it's just kind of like chunks are floating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like chunks. There, there are chunks. It went all explodey. Uh, so yeah. Oh, and, and the last little thing about talking about it in its prime, I remember you sent me a screenshot basically like, could this, could there have actually been like another Ouroboros? Right. Cause there's this one section where I'm sure it's just the, the similar theme of architecture or whatnot. But there's this one section section where it's a bigger building and there are a lot of similarities to Ouroboros. And I was like, Hmm, maybe there was an original Oribos type place here. And then when everything went down with Zoval back in the day, they had to like send it away or something. And that's when they set up the new system with the Arbiter in the current Oribos or something. And I'm probably totally off base here. It was just a thought I had. Yeah. And then my like, being a big spoil sport i was like yeah it's just it seems like first one first one architecture first one first one i mean this where we're we're dealing with first one stuff and Allie's like probably you're probably yeah, right okay. but mine thought, sound cooler <laughs> right like i thought i was onto something really cool and i was really excited about it and jim was up there with his logic i'm like all right fine. Like, it's fine thanks for being You'll a, laugh if i'm right yeah <laughs> thanks for being dumb there stupid <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really good. I'm really, I really want to know more about what Alune's master plan is because if she wanted to save Toronto, or if she, if she wanted to save her the, the night elves from the Maw, and then wanted to use Ysera to save Alune and not have Savannah's die, all that's been done now. Like, what is what is the next step in her plan? Yeah, or something. Yeah, and, and like if we're gonna go back there for just one second, there's there's one little tiny little bit of my theory that I I forgot to throw in there, which was, it's like okay, that's a cool theory, Jen. You just want you want to kill all the night elves and then send them to the mob and then have Toronto go and you know rescue them, and it's like okay, that just seems like saving the night elves with way more steps. Why didn't you just save them when Telstra was burning, you crazy person? Um... I think the real answer is there's an anima drought and she was sending the night elves there for their anima as well. <laughs> yeah. So but that... would, would she, would, would she really care if there was an anima drought though? Considering that the, uh, the winter queen and a were in now, obviously in the familiar terms of sister, I don't think it means quite the same thing, but the fact that the Emerald dream, whatever a is tied to and, the Winter Queen are tied together, and if those two aren't both working, yeah, it just they the kind of whole the purpose, you know, purpose guide us. 
uh, it, it's just not working anymore. Wow. So uh, Elune is like, all right, uh, if I'm ever going to be sending some uh, some scenarius soul back to Ardenweald, get some, some of that back, back and forth. Okay. They're going to need some anima. How am I going to do that? I'm going to send them some night elves. And everyone's going to be like, that's rude. Why are you going to send them some night elves? You, in order to send them some night elves, you got to kill some night elves. And she's like, ah, I'll take care of them. I'll go to Ardenweald. It'll be great. And you'd be like, oh, that's that's messed up. I'm like, yeah. Well, some deities are messed up. So they do some messed up things because they think in the long term, not in the short term. So there you go. That's that's the problem with deities. That's very true. Yeah, that is, that's very much the problem with deities. All right. Well, I think that I think that's it. I think that's it. For now. I think there's plenty of other things to talk about, but it's all things that haven't come out yet mm-hmm. or just came out right before recording so yeah so it's a good uh, place to leave it i was gonna say yeah and when you also were like yeah maybe next episode we're gonna do that you do remember next week is supposedly when the grimoire of the shadowlands is also coming out so we got all sorts of fun stuff coming out real soon. we got lots of we'll, we'll see we'll see what next week's next episode's about it's there's uh, there's so much potential so much gonna, potential it's gonna be good it's gonna be good that's all i say yep i'm excited all right well uh, by the way, we got a review. You want to read a review? Views yes, here? yes, I do. So this comes to us from Warcraft Radio Directory reviews and stuff. And it says, <laughs> you know, sometimes when you're talking, you realize mid-sentence that that's not how you wanted to phrase things. That was one of those cases. And stop. Good times. <laughs> so this review says, what can I say about Ali and Jin? I didn't really care about lore, just turning over gold pieces as a goblin. I caught wind of this morally gray from somewhere. I listened to those guys, had me in stitches. Then came the episode where they had Allie That was actually a lot of fun. Needless to say, when I found out Jin and Allie did a podcast, I was like, hell yes. It gave me another to add to the work playlist and talking and speculating about current lore was giving a new perspective. I love the friendship and banter between these two. Almost could listen to them read the weather report, but think of Loon. They do lore instead. <laughs> keep it up, guys. I keep listening. For the Alliance. And that comes to us from Nate P29. So, I mean, the weather has been a little, it's been a little nicer in our area recently. Um, but, you know, I could tell you, you know, I live in California. It's been very hot recently. So, so when I talk about the weather, it's like if I tell you that like right now it was night, the, the high was 93 and that excited me. That lets you know how like messed up the weather is right now in in California. <laughs> because it's been like 108 <laughs> and we're like, yeah, so we're like 93. This is a vacation. Yeah. So there's your weather report. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, I can tell you, beginning of this episode, we actually had some thunder and lightning come by here, which was awesome looking and really distracting while I was trying to record. And I was hoping my mic wasn't picking up the thunder. So that's how it's been going in Colorado, except on Thursday, it's going to be like 98 degrees. So it's it's fine. <laughs> now I'm thinking of like Nick Lachey and 98 degrees and the boy band. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's that's the thing that just happened. It's a thing. It's a thing. No, actually, what happened is uh, I recently watched on Netflix. Um, this is pop, right? And they were talking about okay. the boys to men, 
And then they were also talking about how all the boy bands of the 90s and early 2000s basically copied them. <laughs> so it's real fun. Yeah. 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 yeah go on. Good, Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Thank you for the review, Nate. <laughs> we just kind of went off with that with our other reports. But thank you so much for taking the time for your kind words. That was lovely. Yes, I very much appreciate it, Nate. And I blame you for talking about weather because then it, I, I'm, I just felt like talking about weather for a second for some weird reason <laughs> because you mentioned weather. But seriously, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, we have a little thing that we like to do, which is press this button. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. Uh, this story is, in my opinion, right up my alley. I love it. It's so good. Right up my alley. <laughs> Every single time I say that, it makes me laugh. It's spelled different, everybody. It's different spelling. <laughs> okay. So, this is some good news, but in, like, the nerdiest way possible. So, just buckle up, Okay. All right. All right. If you, hey, if you don't like this kind of stuff, I get it. Not everybody does, but I do like this stuff. All right. This story actually comes from the UK. It comes from the UK because, um, uh, and I'll just say that recently a law went live there. Uh, they, they passed it a while ago. And you know how some laws, they say, okay, we're going to pass this law, da, 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 takes effect. Well, it took effect on July 1st. And this particular law, I really, really hope, is eventually passed in uh, federally in the United States or possibly California. Mm-hmm. I'd be really happy about that because what this law does, it is the right to repair. So what the heck is that? You ever, you ever heard of the right to repair laws or anything like that? Well, so I'm what not. the heck is What is this? So it requires manufacturers of products, be it from large appliances to like washing machines, refrigerators and all this. So if you think like, oh, I got this new Samsung refrigerator. It's got all this cool stuff and it's got all this amazing little LED technology and little little touch screen on the front. Oh, my God. It's so good. It broke. Oh, you just want to buy a new fridge or would you like to fix that fridge? Hmm. I'd like to fix the fridge. You know, that's what I would like. So what that means is manufacturers of products are required to provide spare parts so that you can repair your electronic equipment. Now, these laws are meant to help curb global Mm e-waste. That's the first thing. And it also gives consumers the right to fix something that they used to be able to do. Right? Remember, you know, how your grandma said they didn't make it like they used to? Well, technically they don't. (laughs) They don't make it like they used to. Right. Sometimes they do this thing called forced obsolescence, where it's it's now obsolete because, oh, it broke. Oh, can you fix it? No. No, you can't. Oh, you got to spend all the money for a new one. Yeah. So there you go. Congratulations, UK. You now have the right to repair your stuff. It is now taking effect on July 1st. And I'm super excited for more things like this to start showing up. Okay. Because here's the good news. Here's the real good news uh, for the rest of us US listeners. And you're like, ah, UK. That's pretty sweet. When are we going to get some of this? Well, Good news is there are 25 states in the United States that are actually looking to pass such a similar law. And don't worry, everybody likes this stuff because California and Texas are both in that 25. (laughs) (laughs) And don't worry, Allie, Colorado is also also part of the 25. So there you go. Of course it is. Yeah, of course. 
they're probably the first because they were also the first in other things. And I'll let you remember <laughs> what that is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That's a little fun. So if you are a little bit like me and you are super just excited about little nerdy things like this because I don't know what it is. There is me personally. There, I don't, I don't think there's anything more satisfying than ripping apart something, replacing a broken piece and f- putting it all back together and flipping the switch and it working. Mm, it just it feels good. So if you like that kind of stuff <laughs> and you think that uh, you would like to make sure that something like this continues to happen, you know, not just in the UK, but over here in the United States, too, you can check out the website repair.org. They actually explain all of the benefits and how you could possibly help. So there you go. That's your my fun little story that I came across and I was excited about because I was like, this is awesome because I like nerdy things and I like building computers and I like fixing stuff. Um, I do have one funny little story about fixing something. I did try and fix a phone once and we'll just say didn't go well. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Like cell phone? Cell phone. Like like cell phone. phone. (laughs) Like. Uh, it was, it was a cracked screen. I, I think I almost had it, Ooh. but it was, yeah, but this was like, this was seriously like probably 10 years ago. It was, it was a little tougher Oof. back then. So yeah, I almost had it, but it didn't. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, there's my, there's my fun little nerdy story about, about uh, right to repair laws. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I like it. I was going to say, good. I hope I didn't bore you with that one, but I like nerdy stuff. I mean, honestly, when it comes to all the podcasts I listen to, uh, probably the second most like there's the tied for first place, in my opinion, is like Warcraft and then law stuff. So sorry, I had to throw this in here, folks. <laughs> no, I think I mean, there's a lot of us who are nerds here. And I think this is, this is pretty neat, actually. I hadn't heard of this, so I'm glad you shared it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Right to repair laws. I think they're important. We should pass them. Yeah. All right, well, I think we're done. You ready to get out of here? Let's do it. I got some 9.1 to get to. Corthia yeah, dailies. Yeah, still haven't done the quests yet. And, uh, Corthia. And you go do those. We get a new chapter and everything, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't we get flying today? I think we get flying. Maybe. I think we Soon, do. this week. I think we do get This week sometime. I think we do. I think we do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Live, Laugh, Lore. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or a question that you're just dying to know the answer to, send us an email at livelaughlorecast at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jen on Twitter at Jared Cooster, and you can follow Allie at Allie Anders K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care.